98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. All right, Tim Ring filling in for Burnsy today and then tomorrow. We've got the three-day weekend coming up. Although, I think that I hear you're going to do, do a show on Monday? Yeah, I'm going to come in and do a little Labor Day show. Me and, me, and, me and Howard Balzer. How about that? Yeah, a little midday, a little midday action on what, Labor what time? Day. What time? Uh, let's see, I think 10, 10 to 1. 10 to 1. 10 to 1. So we'll have then, some local programming then, on uh, Labor Day. Then it's a Mitchapalooza from 1 to 3, right? Leading up into uh, D-Bags Baseball. Is that correct? Yes, myself and Steve Zinsmeister will take it from 1 to 3. Right, look at that. So we'll have some local programming on Labor Day. The new, the new boss says we will not, we will not concede holidays. To the ESPN oh, national yeah. guys. So, yeah, he'll work you to the bone, that new guy. We will be live, local, and late-breaking. Yeah. <laughs> he'll work you to the bone, that new guy. you got to be careful with him. You watch him. All right, we're going to take you right up till 6. So we've had a, a busy day today. So much information that we've got. We've got new information on the Suns' interest in a key player. Suns are trying we to make a the, deal. We had the Antonio Hamilton information. We told you exactly what happened to Antonio Hamilton. Burnt himself in the kitchen with some hot oil. Um, so we'll get into that as well in just a little bit. So we've got Herm Edwards and the ASU playing tonight. So just so much going on. It's just a busy show. My head's like scrambling. I'm trying to figure this out. And then I go, go home. I got the D-backs and the Brewers. I've got ASU tonight. So just lots of stuff going on as we get you set for tomorrow and the weekend. But let's talk a little Cardinals football here. I haven't had a chance to talk a lot of Cardinal football before, but we'll start, we'll start with Antonio Hamilton. The, the, the news that I reported earlier is that Antonio Hamilton had an accident. He was cooking hot oil, burned both of his feet. He burned his arm. He was at Valley Wide, um, the burn unit Valley at Valley Wise, yep. Wide um, Hospital. He was treated there. They're worried about blistering. They're worried about compartment syndrome with the blood in the feet. Now, a little bit after I, I, I put out that information, he then tweeted a picture of his feet. So after we reported what happened to him, he actually tweeted it. So there's a photo up there now on the Internet of him showing that his feet are burned. So um, to back up our reporting that we had earlier in the day, the bottom line is we first off, we wish Antonio Hamilton the best. The most important thing is, hey, have a full recovery. Burns are serious. That's nothing to uh, uh, to, to you got to take, can't take that lightly. Yes. You can't take those burns lightly. Treat yourself. You got four weeks off. You're not going to play for the Cardinals for a little while. Take care of those burns. I mean, you're going to put cleats on. You're going to be running. You got to take care of your feet. So real scary incident for Antonio Hamilton. Hot oil cooking. Ended up having to go to the hospital. Was in the burn unit. And uh, we had given out some hints about what happened the last few days. But we were able today, we were able to go with that information. So they'll be without one of their top cornerbacks. And as we talked about earlier, a lot of pressure now on Trayvon Mullen and, and Javelin Guidry to come out there and help right away. Like, you're going to be thrown into the fire because they need you. The Cardinals, they're going to need those guys to play and play well. Yeah, they're they're no longer here for depth. They're, they're here to play, and they're here to play immediately just to, in case you're just hopping in your car here at 5.05. Uh, Hamilton's on, on the non-football injury list, which puts him down for four games. So he's going to at least miss the first four games of the season. He burned his feet. 10 days ago. 
first game of the season still 10 days away. So that shows you the severity of these burns because it's going to take him off the football field for just over 40 days. So from the football standpoint now, uh, listen, the Cardinals were probably going to make that trade and make a waiver whiny, uh, wire signing regardless of the, of the Hamilton situation. So they go out and get Trayvon Mullen in the trade. They signed uh, Javelin Gidry from the Jets after the Jets released Gidry. And now Christian Matthew is re-signed after they waive him. So he's kind of their fifth cornerback. He's their depth guy. But 100% correct. Uh, you're, you're, you're facing Patrick Mahomes in about a week and a half, less than a week and a half. And Trayvon Mullins coming in here. He may very well start. He may get the nod over Marco Wilson. And Gidry's going to have to be out there on the field. I mean, these guys are going to have to play. And you've got you've got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes coming in here in week one, and then you got Devontae Adams and and Derek Carr in, in week two, and then you got Sean McVay and his whiteboard and and Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and those guys coming in here in week three. So you got two new guys that you've got to get up to speed in a new defense on a new team and their new defensive coordinator and Vance Joseph. And two new guys that two other NFL teams didn't really feel the need to keep around for this 2022 season. So right now, it's a little precarious in that cornerback room for the Cardinals as they get set to embark on the season. Uh, ideally, <laughs> you'd like to you'd like to be in a better spot. They're not. That's the deal. Those guys got to play gamble and they got to play well because you don't want to be staring down the barrel of an zero three start. No. The other thing we talked about a little bit is some of the some of the pass rushers and and help that you might be able to get on the defensive line. A couple of guys in Dominican Sue, Jason Pierre Paul. I know the Cardinals had light interest in Dominican Sue early. Year, but it was all dependent on price. Like if he came cheap, sure, we'll take Indomitian Sue if he wants to come here with, you know, a veterans minimum deal with some incentives. But a lot of those guys are pride guys. They don't want to do that. Maybe that's why he's not signed with anybody right now. But I do know there was some mild interest by the Cardinals with Indomitian Sue earlier earlier, uh, you know, in the summer. I don't know if that interest is still there or not, but that is a play. Listen, he plays all the time. He's never really hurt. Jason Pierre-Paul only had two and a half sacks last year, but the year before he had nine and a half. He's been a good pass rusher in his career. If you felt like you needed pass rush help and a boost on that line, there are some guys out there that you could get. Pierre-Paul, believe it or not, is only 32. I mean, it seems like he's been around forever because he has, but he's only 32. So he's a, a few years younger than than J.J. Watt, uh, to put that into perspective. Uh, so there's a guy that, in his history, obviously can get off after the quarterback. He's got uh, darn near over uh, 90 sacks uh, in his career. Uh, so the, you know, I, I, we were talking about it earlier. I, I got to believe Steve Kime is probably going to see what he has in the first couple of weeks. And if these guys are still on the open market, talking about a, a Sue or a Pierre Paul or even a guy like Trey Flowers uh, who might be available as an edge rusher. And if Steve Kime is like, all right, we what we have right now is not good enough, then I'm going to go shopping. Maybe not right now. And the other thing is, some of these guys you talked about price, doesn't that, the longer they get into the season, doesn't yeah. that price tag drop? If yeah. these guys want to play football? I, I would I would think in theory, or I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when needs arise, maybe price tags don't. I don't know. That would be that would be there's an interesting. Reports, there's a question reports that for Steve. Flowers is going to Miami. 
Is that on a, like I think okay. it's uh, I think I had that in my email to you earlier that Flowers is going to Miami I think on a one year deal okay. for a little bit of money I'm trying to see if I have that number I think I had that in my email earlier that Flowers is uh, is going to go to Miami so I think Sue and Paul are guys I think that you can get but yeah Flowers what do I have on Flowers yeah one year three million dollar deal from okay. the Dolphins right, so he's off the market yeah right, so so Pierre Paul. One of the edge rushers that are available at at, at the age of thirty two, and and Steve's had a, the success bringing in guys like that and Abraham and Freeney in the past that have come in and played very very well on those kind of prove it deals. But I would say they're so young at edge rusher right now. Is he going to make that move before the season? Probably not. But maybe one, two, three weeks into the season, if if it's not working. For his ball club, I think he's got to go shopping. Yeah. The question is, do you do it now or do you wait to see what happens with your young pass rushes? You will go through the first two games. and Now, if these guys don't sign anyway, you go through the first two games and you're not getting much of a push, then maybe like, okay, we got we to we go do something. We, we absolutely have to do something. So, um, yeah, I think that could be something. To just keep your eye on that. And, of course, Antonio Hamilton's going to miss the four games with the injury. We've got a story up on the website, ArizonaSports.com, about Antonio Hamilton if you want to check that out. Uh, on ArizonaSports.com. ASU, they take on NAU tonight. Herm Edwards was on with Bickley and Murata. We'll tell you some of the things he had to say about this game coming up next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. It is a crazy busy day today. It's just a crazy busy day. You feel like things are just popping left and right, happening. Started with the right down in front the of Mitchell eyes. trade, and then Antonio Hamilton's mm. news becomes official. I had fun on Twitter with all the fans out there when I said that the Cleveland Cavalier on August 23rd, when I said Cleveland is one of the teams that's interested in Donovan Mitchell, and I got bagged on by a lot of not here, not people locally. People here know what I can do, but oh, you took some shrapnel national, from Cavalier, national and Cavalier jazz jazz, and, and Miami Heat fan, and so I had some I had some fun with uh, with them today. As I kind of responded to a whole bunch of them. Yes, you you, you enjoyed sticking it sticking did, it right back did, a little bit. I did. Like you're like, come on, I know what I'm talking about here. The Cleveland guys report on August 23rd. Cleveland's interested in Donovan Mitchell. How you like me now? Yeah, <laughs> clowns. Just got to deal with all these clowns. And you know I me. Mean, I and I'm just like, I wish I was more of a humble person, but I'd rather just stick it to those idiots than just take the high road. Right? Instead of just taking the high road, I'd rather just stick it to the idiots. That's the old saying: "It ain't bragging if you can do it." Yeah, exactly. So, whatever. So, I had to get my uh, comeuppance. Is that what it'd be with some of those people today? My props. I had to get my, okay, yeah. Uh, Did want to play some of the sound. Bickley and Murata had a good interview with Herm Edwards. He talked about the players being emotionally ready for this game tonight against NAU. Emotionally, they're ready uh, to play. They're excited about the opportunity to play. Uh, 47% of these guys are all new. And so, uh, it'll be interesting when we get... uh, on the grass and the lights come on, how we react to all that. 
Uh, then he talked about the preview. He kind of ma- he, he kind of gave us a little preview of what he expects from the game with NAU. They're a team that defensively they take the ball away a lot. Uh, they had 28 uh, takeaways last year, and and they convert on those with points. Um, they're steady on offense. Got a quarterback now that they they feel he's the guy. They got some some, some council wide receivers that are coming back, and they got a big running back. He's a he's a really good player, and so they they've got a good football team, and they'll they'll be excited about playing us. There's no doubt about it, and um, our guys have to be excited as well. Um, you know, I, I told our team this: this team collectively has not won a game together. Has not won a game together. Guys before obviously have, but guys on this team, the circle that's walking into that stadium, we have not won a game together. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you said it right. Every coach can kind of say that going I mean, I in. Right, I don't quite get that. Okay, All right. yeah. Herma, the the. The 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 pep in his is that what we're, what we're looking for? The, the pep the the pep in his voice though the excitement in his voice seems to be not where it was three well, or four when years it, ago. when you were on that train I'm on the train I'm on that train listen listen I don't blame ASU for trying this with Herm Edwards I think it was well worth the shot they had ASU has been stuck in mediocrity for as long as I've been here stuck in mediocrity. They've gone the old route with the guys like Dennis Erickson. They've gone the young route with guys like Dirk Cutter. They've taken the middle road with guys like Todd Graham. Like they've they've tried it all, and to no avail. To no avail. Since Bruce Snyder, you know, had that team in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State, it's been tough sledding for ASU. You've had a couple of years where Todd Graham won ten games back to back. Actually played for a Pac-12 championship here and got got beat up by Stanford. But most of all, it's been mediocre seasons. I don't blame them for trying something that was a little outside the box. I don't blame them. You know, everything they had done before, they tried it. They tried the old coach who had won a national championship. That failed. They tried the young coach who was an offensive genius. That failed. They tried the the middle guy uh, in Todd Graham, and it was a little success there, but ultimately they moved on. So, I mean, the NFL model and bringing in all these NFL, I, I don't blame them for trying this. Yeah. I really, I don't blame them at all. I think I, it was worth a, worth a shot. I guess, and I, I have heard that from people, both nationally and locally, that, hey, nothing ever seems to work. Let's go outside the box and try something different. But the reality is, you do remember when he was hired, talking about Herm, very, very few people thought this was going to work. Most people no, we all laughed at thought it. this was yeah. an absolute joke. I mean, nobody could actually even believe that they did this. And the infamous press He hadn't release, coached college in 30 years. He, he hadn't yeah, coached in the NFL in like 10 years. And it was like, a crony hire, his old agent, his, his AD buddy, giving him a, a couple paydays. But to Herm's credit, he absolutely destroyed, and I mean, in a good way, the PR campaign. He won everybody over. He won some big games. He recruited well. Uh, he hit the he hit the trail the PR trail the recruiting trail. He people actually said, "Hey, you know what? This is actually working out. He's got a good staff. They're recruiting California. Uh, everybody, you know, every, maybe we were wrong, but it, it turned out in the end, maybe everybody's initial reaction was dead on right because it has been at the end of the day abject failure." Abject failure, no other way about it. Yeah, well, with the obviously with the the investigation, just really just like as it, whether it was 
working or failing the in, the investigation really makes it be like okay kind of lost control of the program a little bit things were going on that you may may have known about may not have known about and you oh, know ASU suffered yeah. suffered because the recruiting hasn't been good and they lost a lot of kids transferring the school um, they do have a new quarterback tonight in Emory Jones when Herm Edwards was on with Bickley and Murata, he talked about his new quarterback uh, very powerful arm um, he, can, he can throw the ball anywhere on the field uh, and, and he has um, he has a skill set uh, to make the unannounced play with his feet and so it, it's just it's just for him it's getting, getting comfortable obviously in the offense but also with all the receivers and the tight end core that he has you know he wasn't here in the spring but he came here late he was in the summer and with that being said he really really um Showed the team what kind of leader and, and the leadership he provided, and the fact that um, he's one of the team captains. Well, Billy Napier, like 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 Emory Jones decided to give Billy Napier a shot. He wasn't sure, but then it looked like Billy Napier wanted to go in a different direction. That's when Emory decided, okay, I'm going to transfer. In the beginning, he wasn't going to. He lost his head coach, and it would bring in on a new coach, and um, Napier's tried to convince him to stay, but then I think after a little while, he realized that they were going to go in a different direction. It wasn't going to be him as the quarterback, so I want to play. So he transferred to ASU. That's why he wasn't here in the spring. He was kind of losing control of that job, the quarterback job last Last year, he had fallen out of favor as term in terms of who the fans wanted uh, to be the starting quarterback of the Gators last year. But all accounts out of Florida, and I, I've talked to a few people down there in Gainesville, people that cover the program, know the program. Emory Jones, super kid, great kid. Everybody was pulling for him. He was good. He was highly recruited. He just wasn't great. He just never got over the hump. Every time he was he was there, he was almost there. He just fell short. A chance to make a play, didn't quite make the play. A chance to lead a comeback victory, didn't quite get there. A chance to make a big drive, oh, makes a key turnover. Uh, just, just never quite there. Fell out of favor. They went with the other kid. Coaching change. And now he's here. And look, I mean, he was playing in the SCC. He was playing at Florida. Yeah, played at big level, big level college games. He, now listen, he's not going to have the caliber of teammate he, he had at Florida here at Arizona State probably this year. But then again, he's not going to be playing across the board the level of competition. So like I said earlier, I just think, you know, in terms of a game like tonight, if he can almost engineer an upset over Nick Saban in Alabama, I'm pretty sure he can engineer enough points to beat NAU tonight and engineer a few wins in the Pac-12 this season, even if, again, his supporting cast, or surrounding cast, I should say, isn't as strong as it was at Florida. I'm excited to see him play. I think there's a lot of potential there, and I think in many ways he can be an upgrade over Jaden Daniels. And who would have thought that when Daniels left for LSU uh, way back when? Well, I well I thought Daniels was terrible last year, and even the year before in the shortened pandemic season, yep. you know, just seemed to be some issues. And it was just last year it was a they were down 28 to nothing in that game against Washington State, turning the ball over left to left and right. Jaden had an interception. I mean, it was just last year just kind of showed us that you know what. Jaden Daniels is not the right guy. Now, maybe it works out for him at LSU, but he was not the right guy for ASU, so you go with Emory Jones. We'll see what he can do. They'll take on NAU tonight. They've got Oklahoma State next. I expect they'll see a team that runs the ball quite a bit with Daniel Nagata and then the Wyoming kid. Can't wait to see him, the transfer that they they got from Wyoming. Valid.
today. Want to see him get some opportunities to play, too. The Phoenix Suns, they do have interest in a quality veteran player. We'll tell you who that is next on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Today, Tim Ring filling in. Go up to six o'clock, and then, man, we got a busy sports day today. So we've got ASU taking on NAU. We got the D backs and the Brew Crew. So that'll be a, a fun, uh, fun uh, matchup to watch. So, real excited to watch a couple of those uh, games tonight, and then we'll close out the week tomorrow and a uh, three day weekend coming up with the Labor Day weekend. All right, let's talk a little Suns basketball with the Donovan Mitchell trade that went down today. Donovan Mitchell going to the Cleveland Cavaliers for a bunch of players, including Colin Sexton and former uh, a U of A standout Larry Markinen, plus first-round picks, I think three first-round picks and some pick swaps. A lot of conversations now are on some of the other Jazz players. They're clearly... Not looking to win a lot of basketball games. They're trying to gather a bunch of picks and assets and start over. They're not going to beat Golden State or the Suns right now or the Clippers, and they know it. So they are starting over. So there's two key players that people are asking me a lot about. Those players are Jordan Clarkson and Bayon Bogdanovich. Two good players. Now, I've been talking about Bogdanovich for a long time. I really like him. He's an elite-level scorer. I had talked to the Suns about Bogdanovich in the past, and especially when there was a potential of a three- or four-team trade for Kevin Durant. Now, at that time, I was told that Bogdanovich, if they got Durant, Bogdanovich would not make a lot of sense because they wouldn't need another scorer. They'd want defenders and shot blockers and things like that because if you had Booker and Paul and and Durant, you wouldn't have the need for another scorer. Well, the Suns didn't get Kevin Durant. They didn't get him. So what I'm going to tell you now is that the Phoenix Suns have reached out to the Jazz regarding their interest on Bayan Bogdanovich. Which is the good news. The bad news is, do the Suns have either the playoff, uh, the player capital to pull off a deal or would the Jazz have any more interest in stockpiling any more draft picks? This is where it gets dicey. Because after today, like literally after just today, thanks to the Donovan Mitchell trade, the Utah Jazz now have 15 first-round draft picks over the next seven years. So the question begs, how many more do they need? How many more would they want? So you look at Phoenix now and you say, okay, what do they have player-wise that the Jazz may want without obviously damaging their team for an organization that's trying to win now? And when I say now, given Chris Paul's age, Gamble, let's be honest, it's like right now. Right now. It's like this season. This might be, this yeah, is, you this, might be all in this season. I think that the window is going to be open for a while because of Booker, Mikhail, Cam, DeAndre. We hope But so. your best chance, your best chance may be with Chris Paul. Yeah. The, you well, know, the, because the guy who replaces Chris Paul is probably not going to be as good as Chris Paul. Right. And, and listen, the, win, the window, the post-Chris Paul window may be open for a long time. It may be open wide. It may be open wider than it is right now. But the Chris Paul window, to me, has one more year. 
We hope <laughs> after the way last season, yeah, last season ended. The Jazz have gathered thirteen unprotected or lightly protected picks through twenty twenty nine. So twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. The next seven years, they've got thirteen unprotected or lightly protected first round picks. So would they add more? Possibly. Do the Suns have a player that they could trade to the Jazz for Bogdanovich? Probably not. Probably not. It would have to be an expiring contract and draft picks. The question is how how much how many how many draft picks would it take? I mean, you're probably not going to get away with one. I mean, I'm sure they're not going to take the 30th pick in the draft to give up Bogdanovich. So you're probably talking about multiple first round picks. Could you do two first round picks in expiring contract? Would you feel safe doing that? Would that be a good deal? Crowder and Dario and Crowder going well, just, Crowder going back there. Um, but I don't want to give up Dario. No, I know, especially with the loss of McGee. What, what, was, know, what was Bogdanovich's salary? He's about 19 million. It's about nineteen million. He's about eighteen points a game. But, he's, but, he, but here's the here's the here's the thing about Bogdanovich. He, when he's eighteen points a game, uh, he's a he's he's a professional scorer. He he when, he when he takes the court, you know what you're going to get. He is going to put the ball in the basket every game that he plays. And that's a little different than the Crowder-Bridges dynamic you get. As great as Mikel is defensively, one of the best in the league, it's still it's still a little bit of a wild card offensively. He's going to have himself some nights offensively, and he's going to have some no-show nights offensively. Bogdanovich is not that guy. Bogdanovich is going to put the ball in the basket every night. And Clarkson's another guy that that's, that is an explosive scorer off the bench. Reigning six man of the year. I don't believe there's interest in Clarkson that I know of, but I can tell you there is interest in Bogdanovich from the Suns. Now, an expiring contract or two expiring contracts and a couple of picks, maybe that gets it done. We'll have to see what other teams would be interested in too. Because I, you know, I don't, I can't imagine the Suns are the only team. That's a good basketball player. That's a guy that could score from three. He could score inside. He could score in the mid-range. Like, he's a scorer. Not afraid to take a shot with the shot clock down. Playoff experience. Like, there's a lot to like about what he brings to the table. And if you do get bogged down, if Booker's not having a good game or Paul's not having a good game, you would have another scorer. You would have another guy who could go get you a bucket. I, I really like him. I like his game. He's 33 years old. He's only under contract for this year, but to me, yeah, like I don't, you know, I I understand holding on to the draft picks and saving them for a rainy day. But I don't. I mean, I, I understand that if you were like, hey, well, I keep the draft picks so that way I can go get Chris Paul's replacement. Because if you want to give up five first round draft picks, okay, in, in four first round draft picks from that standpoint, or if you still have dreams of somehow. Packaging up something for Kevin Durant. Yes, it's nice to have that. Yeah, say draft say, capital. Right. Say you give up. Say. say you give up first round draft picks for Bogdanovich. You're done with Kevin. Like there is no Kevin Durant for this year. So, but I don't want to. I don't want to sit there and hang my hat on Kevin Durant getting traded in January. Yeah, I think that ship has sailed. I, I think I don't want to wait on that. Now, if that happened, then you're like, okay, I just traded two first round draft picks for Bogdanovich. I can't give you like, okay, then you miss out on Durant. But like I don't I don't want to get sit I don't want to sit here and wait on something that's probably not going to happen when I could go get a guy that could help me. 
Look, of course, Kevin Durant over Bogdanovich every day, right? But Bogdanovich over what you have right now, he makes you a better basketball team. No, it's a matter of being proactive and maybe dealing a little bit in the reality of the situation. Like, we got to go out and make our basketball team better right now. I can't hold on to, uh, to, to Easter bunnies and unicorns here. We, we got to go out, we got to go out and win basketball games right now. And you're James Jones. You look at your bath. Are we good enough? Are we good enough to win a title right now? Are we even good enough to win the West? I think the answer is yes, though. To win a title. This, I, this I team, think that they're one of right the few now. teams that can win a title. Yes, I do. I think that they can win a title. I think it's going to be hard, but only one team wins it. I mean, I think there's a lot of challenges, but I don't, I, I mean, do I think, do you think the Suns are a title contender? Yes or no? I think they're a title contender. I think they're a title contender, but boy, my confidence in them reaching that mountain certainly took a massive hit after the, okay, the postseason fair. went. It's completely fair. I, I, now the, they the, get the they, 64 wins gamble. It, it, that, okay. that, that does, you know, I, I, I saw a team that, that didn't, not only struggled against New Orleans, couldn't finish the deal against Dallas, and then I looked at a Golden State Warrior team where I was like, they're 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 better than. Indulge the Suns. me here for a minute. They get Kevin Durant, favorites to win it all. Yes. Okay. They get Bayan Bogdanovich, favorites to win the West, and then I would like to see. So so so, do you think he elevates them ahead of the Clippers and the Warriors? Yeah. Yeah. So you think that one move would I elevate that, them yeah, ahead think, of some of those teams in the West? Yeah, I think that one move. I think that one move would. I think he's that good of a scorer. And I really like him too. I think I think he's a pro's pro. It's a lot I, of players. I think, I think for exactly what the Suns need, I think he. I think he. Not, I think not only is he improvement over over Jay Crowder. I think he more than obviously makes up for the loss of Javale McGee. I think he gives the Suns that that that. Additional, I don't want to say third because I don't think that's fair to DeAndre Ayton. So let's say he gives them the additional big time score that they that they lacked going into this year. I I I would say yeah. I would say that that's a guy that's that that's a, that's a caliber of player to me that would put them. Potentially over the edge with Golden State. That's how good I think he is. I'm a I'm a fan too. I think it gives them a big edge. I mean, maybe it puts them over Golden State, but it, I feel a lot better about their chances with him than I do just holding on to the two first round draft picks right now. So, well, put it this way, that's a great point. I feel a lot better about their chances beating Golden State with him than without than him. without how, him. How does that sound? Yeah, is that better? Yeah. <laughs> D backs. They're going to take on the Brew Crew with the Brewers. Diamondbacks had one of the their best months in years in August. Can they do it again? In September? We'll talk about that next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck. Brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72sold.com. And by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Chop House Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. All right, D-backs back in action tonight. Sat Corbin Carroll last night and Alec Thomas and got slaughtered by the Phillies. They're taking on the Brew Crew tonight. Craig Council, former D-back, is the manager of that team. And uh, so we'll see if the D-backs can. They had a really good month in August. 16 wins, 12 losses. That was their best month since 
2019. Really good month of baseball for the D-backs. A lot of good things happened. They brought up Corbin Carroll. They brought up Stone Garrett. You had this incredible scoreless inning streak that's still going on by Zach Gallen. Jake McCarthy had an incredible month. Like a lot of good things. Tory Lovello had his contract extension picked up. Lots of good things happened in August. Let's see if the D-backs can end strong and have a good September. They'll take on the Brewers today. Now, as I've mentioned many times, like there's a lot of things that get complicated in doing this uh, D-backs on deck segment. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to do it, so I'm going to have Mitch kind of, I'll, okay. I'll talk. I'm going to have Mitch lead the way because I don't know how to tell you right. all the things that are involved. I usually leave that stuff for Bernsey. For, Forrest Gump over here, I'm not a smart man. <laughs> but I know what the D-backs are. I've never <laughs> claimed to be smart. You said it's the other Street day smart. on the air. Okay, but that was an inside joke on Lavello. <laughs> You're smart when it matters, Gambo. That's the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm smart. Yeah. I'm smart. Yeah. <laughs> so let's some take, things I can say. There's some things I'm smart with. Let's take a look at tonight's Diamondbacks game then. So they're wrapping up a stretch of, I believe I checked earlier, I believe it's a stretch of 11 or 12 games in a row before they have to start another stretch of 18, but we'll get to that in a second, because tonight it's the Milwaukee Brewers first of four here at Chase Field, and this is going to be a probably the best pitching matchup of the bunch. Let's look at it right now. It's brought to you by Native Interiors. Your floors, your way. Text FLOORS, F-L-O-O-R-S to 620-620 for more info. Brandon Woodruff, the right-hander for the Brew Crew, getting the start. 9-3 and three record, a 3-3-1 three, three, ERA, and 132 strikeouts on the season against Merrill Kelly, last month's pitcher of the month, with an 11-5 record, a 2-9-7 ERA, and 135 strikeouts on the season. It's it's a it's a good matchup today. Kelly has been great for the Diamondbacks. He has been, uh, you know, it, it's the one-two punch of Gallon and Kelly have been terrific. Woodruff twenty-first start didn't have a decision in August, but they went four and one in his five starts, so they win the game. So he has they win the games he's pitches. He has not had a loss since May twenty-seventh, and he has allowed two or fewer runs in twelve starts. So good pitching matchup tonight with Kelly against Woodruff. Kelly, you know, Kelly hasn't lost a game in his last 11 starts. Uh, he's been so good. He's nails. He's basically June 24. The last time he lost the game, it was June 24th. I hadn't even gone on vacation yet. And I wasn't even thinking about it. I think there's a chance that we'll get a Corbin Burns-Zach Gallon matchup later in this series. It's, it's going to come down to the yeah. pitching in this series. That's what it feels like. And it's going to play pivotally, pivotally, I think I said it right the first time, into what the MLB standings will look like in a few days. The MLB standings are driven by trucks only. So you got to give out like the pitching matchups and the standings, <laughs> and you got to go to the minor yes. leagues. And I'm like, you know what? That's just too much for I can't remember all of those things, so I can't do this. You, you, have, to, you have to be very smart. I just can't do that. I can't. <laughs> My memory does. I, I don't like, I'm like 10 second Tom, man. I don't yes. remember things no. for that long. You have to be very smart to give the pitching match. <laughs> Trucks only is the Valley's have number to one to do it. <laughs> independent dealer, and it's the home of the lifetime engine warranty. So here's how it plays pivotally into the standings, gents. As you know, there's a wild card chase going on right now. The division is basically locked up in the West. The LA Dodgers have 90 wins already with a month left to play. So they've basically locked up the West. But this wild card race, Atlanta has a seven game lead over Philadelphia for the top spot, who the Diamondbacks just played. Sandy Diego has a two and a half game lead over the Brew Crew for this last spot. 
So the Diamondbacks could play spoiler for the Brew Crew for the next four games and hinder their chances of getting into the wild card spot. I think you take pride in trying to be the spoiler and beat some of these teams that are playing for something. Absolutely. You know, yeah, you look, you look, you, you want to just want to win games and have fun, but you can play the spoiler in the process. And and, to, and on top of that, we played the cut earlier from Derek Hall on with Bickley and Murata this morning. Just the excitement that has been brought back as a result of how well these t- these this Diamondbacks team has been playing. They're really excited, and I'm not just, I'm not just saying that. I mean, down in the seats to have the number of fans come up and you know say, "Gosh, I love this team." You know, don't move any of these players, keep them coming. And you know, when are the pitchers coming? It, it's so great, and and that's who we need to be. That's who we are. And just like when we're down seven to nothing in that first game, and we come back and we win that game. The, the excitement in the stands, we haven't felt that in a while. And for fans to come up and they're high-fiving and they're hugging us, and it, it was it was cool, Bick. And, and there's just this feeling, even last night, you know, you're, you're down right away. But I had more fans walking by going, we're in this. These kids could do this. And, of course, we didn't. You know, last night was a completely different game. But we haven't had that in a while. It's been amazing, the excitement. I mean, you know, the water cooler talk, if that's what it's still called, man, there, it, it has been fun to talk about this team as, as they've played an exciting brand of baseball. The speed in the outfield on the base paths. What you saw with McCarthy's triple and Corbin Carroll scoring from first to home on a base at the left field was the, the stolen base. It's just incredible. It's incredible. Alec Thomas beating out an infield single and going all the way to second because they threw the ball away. It's been fun to watch. They're dancing in the streets of Awatuki, Steve. <laughs> They're so excited. They just can't hide it. They're about to lose control. Hey. I think I like it. <laughs> so let's look at this last month of September, because obviously this plays heavily into the standings. I did the math for you guys, so we don't have to. If they go 20 and 13 in these final 33 games, they will be 500 to close out the year. If they go 21 and 12, they'll be above 500. Here's where I'm a little bit nervous. Starting on September 9th and then ending on September 25th, they have 18 games in a row split between home and road. It's going to be grueling. So you, that makes but you nervous, do you think, Mitch? It makes me nervous. It but makes do you, you nervous. Do you think that that you gets okay? Nah, they're too young. I'm sweating back here, they're all right? They're too young. They got experience. What are you, what are you nervous about? Nah, it's, it's, to me, it's who they're playing, Mitch. They're playing the Padres and the Dodgers and the Brewers and the Astros. I would just be nervous when Madison Bumgarner gets the ball. That's what I would be nervous. Well, he's going to get the baseball a few times in there. He can't get anybody out. He's working on it. He's trying. Let's take a look down on the farm. Trying is wrap- not good enough, Mitch. <laughs> We're wrapping up here. Brought Sod to you by Redbird alert. Farms. Sod poodle alert. You cannot put a price on grape. <laughs> Are you going to play at the hop the song? I, if I had more time to get it ready. I'll play it right now. How about, how about this? <laughs> Since you were mentioning works. the Sod Poodles, they are in action right now. Top of the seventh inning at home against the Frisco Rough Riders. Up 5-1. to one Of course they are. Over the visiting Rough Riders. Sod Poodles. Okay, Nick, do your segment. Go ahead. Oh. I'm doing my segment. Checking in on the hop. At the hop. The Tri-City Dust Devils at the Hillsborough Hops. That'll be later tonight. The Facelia Rawhide, they're done for the day. On the road against the Lake Elsinore Storm. Lost that one, 8-5. to five. And then the AAA affiliate, Reno Aces. They've got Brandon Fott on the mound tonight against the Las Vegas Aviators. All right, we got to wrap this thing up quickly. Let's get some keys for tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. 
D-backs Keys to the Game, presented by Mist America, home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit MistAmerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. I think we made Mitch nervous, flustered him a little bit. They made that trade for Taylor Rogers. He hasn't blown a save. He's only had one opportunity, and he did take the loss against the Cardinals in a game. The rest of the bullpen for Milwaukee, they've been kind of terrible. I mean, they have blown eight saves and gone one in five in those games. So the bullpen of Milwaukee, if you get a chance, take advantage of that. Appreciate Tim for hater, you living. Appreciate Tim for filling in. We'll be back tomorrow, two o'clock shop right here on ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona Sports station. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.